go. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly, and we are broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South here the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas. Yeah, and we still have it. It's ours. I don't even know if anyone's even trying to take that corner from us. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about, uh, I think, the, the bank collapse. Right? We're going to tackle yeah, that. We're going to solve those problems. Here he is preaching the love pendulette. Yeah. You read the New York Times. Yeah. And you, uh, the Silicon Banks in Silicon Valley. Yes. There's a bank that has been taken over by the federal people. Yes. And if you read the article in the New York Times, it's very, very difficult to understand. Mm. So I thought for our listeners, I would explain it in a really simple way so that they could understand it and know what's happening in the world around them. This is great. I mean, it's a, practically a service you're providing. Hmm? And I'm unable to do that. Hmm? I'm unable to do that. Oh. I don't understand it at all. Oh, okay. That, well, that's, that's not helpful. But, you know, so, so people put money in the but bank. If people, but if people look. You understand people, on a basic level. I'm just saying, if you read about it and you say, this is hard to understand. Yeah. You can go and say, well, other people find it hard to understand too. Well, there you go. Be better, yeah. But you understand that, like, people put money in the bank. Yeah. And then the bank says, oh, shoot, we're failing. Well, they say we're we're buying into cryptocurrency, yeah, which is exactly like buying into health drinks. <laughs> well, Amway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your bank says I we are putting all your money into a crypt, crypto crypt, yeah, crypto Amway, crypto Amway. That's what they should call it. Yeah. So it's a Ponzi scheme that they put their money into. Yeah. Then you come and say, I'd like my money back. And they say, wouldn't you rather have some cleaning products for your floor? And you go, no, we don't want that. We'd like the money, really. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have it. And then other banks get worried. And there's a run on the banks. And then that makes it worse. And the banks try to pretend. They (laughs) They try to pretend if you guys didn't want to get your money, we'd have it. Right? Isn't that what they do? That is the weirdest thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you, as long as we don't try to get our money out, but if everyone does, then boy, do we not have it. But if you just trust us and don't ask for your money, we promise you we have it. It's only when you ask for it that we have problems. Yeah. I'm not down with that. No, no, no. I could see that that'd be a problem. You know, there was zero crypto-based uh, advertising in the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, and last year there was more. Yeah, there was a lot more last year. Crypto is a uh, unpleasant, bad thing. Yeah. It's just a Ponzi scheme. It's a scam. It's a find a bigger fool. Yeah. That's all you got to do. I'm going to invest in this thing. It's just, you know, it's the same thing they've always done. It's orchids. It's it's all that stuff that uh, becomes valuable because it becomes valuable. Yeah. Uh, but it's no use. I mean, the only use cryptocurrency has is to be able to uh, ransom hacking. Yeah. You, you break down a company's uh, uh, ability to function. Yeah. And you charge them, they can pay you in cryptocurrency. Right. Or if you want to buy a black tar heroin, Mm -hmm. or if you want to buy a a person. Ready, Rich, how many emails are you going to get, you think, correcting Penn on his perception of crypto and and how crypto is awesome? Probably a Googleplex. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Can we get Margot Robbie to explain this to us in a bathtub? (laughs) Yes. That's my preference, regardless of the topic. <laughs> Pat Baz, good name, Pat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I've been hearing about Penn's ear problems. Well, that's the first good sign. Uh, <laughs> for seven, I'm 72, and I've had my share lately, very similar to Penn's. Started with itching, then pain in one ear, then both. Then hearing loss started. On a Zoom visit with the doctor, his diagnosis was his bacteria. He prescribed antibacterial drops. Weeks later, it got worse. No sleep, crazy pain. Ears smelled like stale beer. Got the suction clean-out deal. They pulled out a wad of puffy, bumpy white stuff. You explained the pain very well. I screamed a lot. After the third clean-out, they took culture tests. My test came in. The doctor called me and asked me some questions. They said, these are the questions you want to hear when you have health problems. Have you been spending time in forests lately? <laughs> no. Do you own or have you been handling any wild animals lately? No. Do you work in agriculture? No. Why? Tess said I had candida fungus, common yeast, and two or three other unnamed fungal strains in my ears. The two unnamed fungi were found in soil and environment where wild mammals live. Zookeepers and farm workers get those. Oh. So you can imagine being a zookeeper, living your life, and all of a sudden you got mushrooms growing in your ear. Yeah. I'm sorry, zookeepers, man. Bad, bad kick. Yeah. During the pandemic lockdown, I did yard work daily and planted a new lawn. What an idiot. <laughs> because of the wet, rich soil, mushrooms and grubs started multiplying. My lawn was being attacked nightly by raccoons. Oh. Now, we know that uh, Elizabeth, um, who's that writer alive? McCracken. Yes. Elizabeth McCracken used a phrase I like to use all the time, crazy as a pet raccoon. <laughs> so attacked nightly by a raccoon. So now we've got, uh, I don't know why she's swallowed a fly. Perhaps she'll die. He has wet, rich soil, mushrooms and grubs. Now we get raccoons. They tear up the entire new lawn. You know something, Pat? We don't care. But okay. Uh, one night I saw five in the yard. He doesn't say raccoons, so it could be the Rolling Stones. They were nesting in my tree. Still could be the Rolling Stones. Do raccoons nest? Yes. Okay. Uh, I Listen, come on, Matt. Really, come on. <laughs> I don't need, I don't need someone that ignorant. Do raccoons nest? That's what you're asking? Yeah. Okay. You know what a raccoon is? An, um, a mammal. Yeah. You know what they look like? Uh, 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 look like somebody who'd be really comfortable in a nest. <laughs> Old-fashioned old bank robbers? They were nesting, yes. They were nesting in my tree. Raccoons are smart. Okay. Compared to what? Once again. Right. Right. They can't, they can't talk. Yeah. Uh, they could certainly, ah, this is our solution. Yeah. Raccoons are smart. Pat says it. Let's get a raccoon in here to explain <laughs> what's happening with the Silicon Banks. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> They're smart. We'll go where the food is till the food source is gone. They will come back now and then to see if food's back. Oh, in that case, I'm smart. <laughs> I do that to my fridge all the time. Grub killers and mushroom killers in the soil didn't work fast enough. Ah. Uh. What, what are you in a hurry for? You're 72 years old. You've got rich soil in your backyard, some raccoons. It's a race against time. We have no choice. I, think, I don't think you have any problems at all, Pat. That's the problem. You know me? If we were living together, Pat, and that's, that's kind of an offer. Um, Raccoons just in their crack of the knuckles like, oh, you're trying to kill the grubs, are you? Funny <laughs> thing, you know how fast that works? And you know where I am right now? 
I'm here with a handful of grubs. <laughs> you know something? I might not even wash them. <laughs> but if you're 72 years old, nothing works fast enough. Right. Yeah. I did not want to use guns or poison. Guns? Yeah. I don't know. Guns and poison is when Brett Michaels teamed up with Axl Rose, right? <laughs> so, online, I found a powerful deterrent. Now, my poetry. <laughs> I've set you up here. What would that powerful deterrent mean? <laughs> I heard he, his own poetry. Okay. Oh, you heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not a fair. Yeah, yeah. Coyote urine. Coyote urine. Yeah. That's an easy Amazon purchase. Yeah, it's also my tattoo. <laughs> Sprayed around the fence is supposed to scare raccoons. Yeah. It's not the spraying that scares them. I assume it's the smell, right? <laughs> P.S. Worked pretty good, but smelled like vile, pungent piss. <laughs> Coyotes are not letting us down. I asked the guy who sold it if it was real coyote urine, and how do you get it? He said, yes, it's real. I have some, but they're very tame. But the hard part is training them to pee in bottles. <laughs> so, you're out at a bar. <laughs> what do you do for a living? Uh, you know, I sell all sorts of stuff to protect lawns and yeah. things. and uh, I have a kind of specialty. What's your specialty? Coyote urine. Coyote urine. So what's your day like? Well, me, I'm in the repellent business myself. <laughs> what kind of, I repel raccoons. <laughs> With just your personality? <laughs> At first. <laughs> okay. When I sprayed the coyote urine, I did not wear any protective gear. Yeah! <laughs> All this so what, you can have like tomatoes? What is this for? <laughs> I think he wants a nice lawn. I think it's worse. Yeah. It was probably windy <laughs> and it got into my ears. Oh. Uh, there's more. I had also been fixing the lawns after the raccoon attacks and maybe contacting the fungus then. Like you, I was wearing earbuds a lot of the time, outside working and sweating, and even wore them at night to go to sleep. I was conducting a science experiment, creating a Petri dish in my ears for the fungus to grow in. Man. This guy's got coyote urine growing in his ears. Yeah. He's growing coyote urine in his ears. And then like when you tell the doctor what's been going on. Yeah. He's got to be like, what? what? Maybe lay off the coyote urine. <laughs> And the coyote urine guy who saw this is like, look, I'm not responsible for, I don't put a label on there, but of course you wear protective gear, putting that around your, your house. Hey, uh, hey, Lisa, come here, come here. No, I'm watching, I'm watching one of the, I'm watching mayor of Kingston. I'm not, no, come here, Lisa, come here, come here. What do you see in the backyard? I, I don't know. They're like dogs. No, they're not the dogs. Listen to them howl. Them's coyotes. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I, we live out in the sticks a little bit. We get coyotes. We live in the desert. Not a big deal. That, Lisa, is a fucking gold mine. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, people pay money for coyotes? What do we do? Just shoot them and now? 
We don't have to shoot coyotes. I'm not going to be any part of shooting coyotes. You're no, not going to say if we could bottle it because you've been saying that everything you look at, you always say, oh, if we could bottle that, if we could bottle that. But in this case, yeah. see those people out there? Yeah. Those coyotes out there? <laughs> yeah. We can make a million dollars without even hurting them. I'm listening. Yeah, you are listening. <laughs> All we've got to do is get them to piss in a bottle. I will be rich. I'm no longer listening. I'm not listening. (laughs) I'll be in the basement. Please don't make our house smell terrible. How do you collect coyote urine? Uh, He must be joking about giving me the piss in a bottle, right? I mean, at some point, I mean, I'm positive he receives a bottle. That that part's true. Well, there must be, you must train the coyotes to piss in a trough. That. Train the coyotes to piss in a bottle. That is, um, that is iambic pentameter. <laughs> train the coyotes to piss in a trough. Train the, train the coyotes to piss. Train the coyotes to piss in the trough. I, I talk in iambic pentameter. It's just <laughs> perfect. Train the coyotes to piss in the box. Um, I guess you have to, right? That there has to be a coyote trough. Yeah, but like, what? Like, you can't farm coyotes, right? You can't like try to. I don't know. I guess he can, but then the yield. What you put the what's word, the yield? <laughs> what you put the words "try" in there? <laughs> when you said you can't try, I think you can try. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can't get anywhere with it, but you can try. <laughs> but I mean, how many? What does coyote piss cost? I, ready, Rich? You should be on that. <laughs> I just want to find out. A lot of people are uh, out of work, and they're probably looking for a uh, side hustle, yeah. side hustle coyote u- urine, and then uh, we can see if there's really money in this. Oh, I can't wait to see the targeted ads I get now. <laughs> Nineteen dollars, probably the first that comes up. Lowe's, they sell it at Lowe's. Coyote piss at Lowe's. Deer busters, I believe they sell the deer busters at Lowe's. They're selling. Sensational coyote urine repellent. Now, is it coyote urine repellent or coyote urine repellent? My problem with goat cheese, <laughs> I always, whenever I'm in a restaurant and they have goat cheese, I say, is this cheese made by goats or for goats or from goat milk? Yeah. You can't tell. Yeah. You can't tell. Um, so, coyote urine. Of course, coyote urine is also a good brand name for a. Uh, for a, uh, a beer, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Six-pack of coyote urine. <laughs> Watch Mayor Kingstown. Hate my life. How where are you on Mayor Kingstown? I'm all caught up. Okay. Was there a newer one? No. No, no, no. What did they call it? Like Sunday? the dark night of the soul. Jeremy Renner's gone out and about. Oh, yeah. Town. That's where we left off. Yeah. Oh, that one where he's the car comes out and he's, yeah. he's drunk and he leaves his... Oh. Yeah. But let's just detail the, uh, the uh, uplifting moments. Of Mayor of Kingston. Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll start. Okay. Okay, your turn. <laughs> Not a moment no. where you go, boy, that was a that was a nice thing. Even if, even things you took for granted, like the brothers married. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to go okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> they love their mother. That, that'll go fine. No. 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 Just bad all the way. Oh, they got a guy in prison who may be innocent that they want to get out. That'll go well. No. <laughs> so the highest ticket ticket item I can find the the, the quantity is a is a forty eight dollar gallon 
It's <laughs> all by domyown.com for coyote urine. Just trying to think from a from a money structured, you know, your price per per unit. So you probably get a gallon of urine out of a coyote in three days, right? Yeah. So that's uh, what's that? Forty eight divided by three. That's not hard. Uh, <laughs> divided Anyone by four. Can do it. Let's say it's four days. <laughs> You're, you're making yeah. You're making twelve. We're giving too much credit. You're making twelve dollars a day. Yeah, uh, per coyote. Per coyote. Yeah, twelve dollars a day per coyote. If you had if you had ten coyotes, yeah, you'd make be making one hundred twenty bucks a day. Yeah, that's, and, yeah. And people you, make that. That's you, you got to you got to pay for the bottles and the transport <laughs> transportation, and then also for your uh, ear surgeries, ear surgeries, and uh, I believe perpetual loneliness. Constantly <laughs> smelling like coyote urine. So, what have you been uh, doing lately? I watch Mayor of Kingston, and I, you know, I kind of harvest my coyote uh, urine, <laughs> uh, and I write, you know, some poetry. Do you write mostly rhyme? No, but the scansion is very important. You get your coyotes to piss in the box. <laughs> I, I, I very much work in iambic pentameter. <laughs> why i don't sell deer piss i can't get it into yeah, a dense no, syllable no. phrase coyote is really used to, da, da, is really yeah. useful for me but having the accent of the second syllable that's really helpful that's really helpful get coyote in there <laughs> um teller you know has a whole family of coyotes teller's property is maggoty with coyotes and he doesn't post on his neighbor board constantly yelling coyote that's <laughs> what my neighbor board does really if you read my neighborhood board you know a little nosy neighbor board whatever it's called mm -hmm. next door or whatever it is yeah. you would swear they're coyotes running around taking Amazon packages at gunpoint. Because <laughs> it's, it's just gunshots, coyote, stolen packages every day. Coyotes, coyotes. coyotes. They're just kind of mangy dogs, right? Apparently they're, they're killers. They kill dogs. Yeah, they kill dogs. So coyotes cats. are my friends. <laughs> oh, that's the thing. Uh, when I had the, this is shows what a bad, bad person I am. Uh, -huh. uh, we don't need other proof, but I'm a bad person. Yeah. Cause my children love the dog. Yes. I'm not fond of the dog. So I said, uh, when they did my allergy panel, I said, you checking for allergy to dogs? They said, uh, yes, we are. I said, is that, is that popping up? <laughs> they said, no, 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 no. You have no allergy to dogs. Yeah. You're a, I'm pointing to that scratch with a hundred dollar bill. Is that is that popping up? Is that popping up back there? Yeah. Then I said what a real scumbag would say. Just try that one again. <laughs> so they did that right in front of my arm, so I could see that. No, 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 no. Tater's safe. So they had asked me. Well, you're I, trying to uh, secretly squeeze a lemon on there or something yeah. to get it all irritated. I, well, that's why I brought the coyote piss. <laughs> They stick the needle in, I slide some coyote piss in there. Because if you're allergic to dogs, you're wicked allergic to coyote piss. Yeah, I bet. I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah. That was a nice little story. I liked I liked uh, Pat Paz's story a lot. You, you don't have to have coyotes to have coyote piss. Well, you do. Oh, right, right. No, that's right. That, that, that big thing, which comes first, the coyote or the piss. <laughs> um, but you could, I think you can scare, now, this is one of those things that happens on yeah. Penn Sunday School, something that we knew nothing about, mm -hmm. with no other information coming in, yep. we become experts. Yes. Raccoons 
who live in areas where there are no coyotes yeah. still frightened by coyote piss. That is weird. Well, it's weird. I made it up. It might not be true. Right. Well, he, he, he did it, right? We don't know. There could be coyotes there, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're just disgusted by it. Yeah, that's also possible. Maybe they're not scared. Yeah. Yeah. That's scared. It's just- I bet, yeah. I bet coyote piss is universally disgusting regardless of species. Yeah. That's, that's the whole thing. So, yeah. Not as bad as tiger piss, but close. Tiger piss is awful. Always tiger piss terrible. Oh, I had a friend. She was dancing in- um, Tiger piss. <laughs> peep show, and then also was an assistant for Rick Thomas. Mm. Rick Thomas had tigers. She was pregnant, but she was, you know, it's show business. You're trying to work as long as you can because maternity leave so long when you're a dancer mm-hmm. that you don't get paid, right? So she's really trying to like stretch it out, but also like- I got big tits now. Experiencing my stomach. <laughs> experiencing her, you know, first pregnancy. And she's, so she's just locked inside some contraption box. And all of a sudden, it just starts raining tiger piss in her. She's stuck in some tiny little box and raining tiger piss. And she's like, I think it's time to just be a mom. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. And smells are very pungent to her. Right. She has, I mean, she's the kind of person that goes, are you, uh, did you open a can of chickpeas? Because <laughs> I'm in the bedroom and I thought I smelled that disgusting smell of chickpeas. No, I, I, I opened a burrito. That's it. <laughs> How many, someone's wish came true. Yeah. How many people who have had someone in their life who's sensitive to smells, very sensitive to smells, yeah. has said, I'd like to dip that bitch in tiger piss that you a real smell was. <laughs> um, are you using, I, I know you love model rocketry, Matt. I know you love model rocketry when you use that glue the whole house smells of glue yeah okay i'm getting rid of the glue honey and uh i'm gonna drop you in a vat of tiger piss (laughs) and then when you're in the vat of tiger piss and you're on your way to the shower which oops is out of order you may not complain ever again about my estes rockets (laughs) (laughs) did you ever set off an estes rocket no me neither. But didn't you think they were cool when you read magazines and stuff? Yeah, my older, my oldest brother was like into those kinds of. Things. I don't think I ever. I don't think I believe I ever saw an Estes rocket take off. I did see kid unsuccessfully launch a, a, a bottle rocket off a skateboard. Did you really? Yeah, it, it was an M80, an M80 off of a skateboard. M80s are useful. Yeah, you know that was my expulsion from uh, high school. Oh, it was M80? Yeah. Well, no. Um, there was a uh, a child a classmate. Yeah. who was very, very nerdy, very nerdy. Yeah. And um, I was um, harassing him for being nerdy. Yeah. He was kind of in the friend group, but not really. You know, friend groups in high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I was a junior. And I made firecrackers at that time. Made them? I made them. You know, I'd get the gunpowder and I'd fold them up and put them in things. I'd been making them. And I, I had this coffee can in the cellar of, uh, you know, I put over the potassium nitrate and the sugar and stuff. And then I accidentally set it off and it burned part of the ceiling of our basement. <laughs> and my parents rep- reprimanded me. But I would stuff that in and I would do it. And I would li- have some underwater fuse. I'd light it and I'd blow it up, right? I, I mean, it wasn't a passion for a long time. I probably did it, you know, for a week. Yeah. And we were talking among the peer group about how, boy, these, uh, 
we're making really good fireworks. And this kind of nerdy kid that we didn't like, he came in and he had this little firecracker that he had made and all the tape on it was perfect and it was all sealed up really nice into the little firecracker in it. And he was showing us his firecracker with a great deal of pride. I've been working on this firecracker, Pen. It's really good. It makes a really big sound. It blows up. I said, look, firecrackers I make, I make them like toilet paper tubes. I make like decent-sized firecrackers. What is this little bullshit thing? Oh. And he said, it's, it's a good firecracker. I said, I make good firecrackers. This is a bullshit firecracker, and I'll prove it to you. Come on. And we went outside the principal's office. <laughs> And I said, this isn't even going to go off. It won't even be a sound. It'll be silent. You failed. You can't make a firecracker. He said, oh, I, I can. I've checked them out. They, they really, so I said, someone give me a match. Everybody's, everybody's potheads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all potheads. So he gives me like a big lighter without the safety thing on it. Mm -hmm. And it's got a kind of, kind of long underwater fuse. And I go, we're in the hall of the high school outside the principal's office. We're not outside. <laughs> And with my hubris, yeah, and I'm, I'm asshole. I think you could even say bully. Yeah, I um, I light, and the children I'm with, who I'm showing off for, they scatter like motherfuckers. And the guy who made the uh, firecracker, yeah, he he's in another state. <laughs> he's just running. So I am now alone in the hallway outside the principal's office and the fuse gets down and I drop it right at the principal's door. He could make firecrackers. <laughs> it was like really, really loud. I mean, really loud. Yeah. And it's in the hallway of a high school. So it was like every door opens, boom. And then part of the, part of the bottom of the door is singed and not burning, but singed. It was so fucking loud. And the vice principal opens the door screaming, we're being attacked. I mean, this is, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is, you know, not really the SDS time, not quite that old, but there'd been bombings. A jarring, a jarring event occurred. He opens the door and I say to him, which he would quote many times during the proceedings. Jesus Christ, did you hear that? That's what I said. <laughs> he said, what was that? I said, I set off a firecracker right by this door and had no idea it would be that loud. <laughs> he, he, he has his full confession. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he said, you set off a firecracker right outside my door. I said, yeah, wow, that was loud. My ears are still ringing. I guess it's the whole hallway. He said, you did this. I said, yes, I did. It was really, I didn't, see, I expect to be a dud. I said, uh, uh, one of the other kids made it and he's kind of an asshole. So I thought, so I'm using that language, everything. The vice principal is there looking at me like, I want to think of how many punishments we can have. <laughs> and I go, and I didn't think it would light. So I thought this way, he said, and you chose to light it here. I said, well, yes, because that was demonstrating how sure I was that it was a dud. <laughs> and I said, it wasn't. He did a really good job. I was wrong. And he said, uh, yeah, you sure were. Come into the office. 
And he said, so did you make this firecracker? I said, no. He said, did you bring it to school? I said, no. He said, were you the only one standing around when you lit it? I said, no, a bunch of us. He said, well, I'm going to need who made the firecracker, mm-hmm. and I'm going to need all the people that were around you during this. I said, oh, no, 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 no. You're not getting any of that. I said, because this is, uh, there's only me that's responsible. He said, well, you're going to be um, expelled from school. I said, well, well, there's like, what, four weeks left? <laughs> I said, okay. And he said, uh, yeah, you'll be expelled unless you give up the names of the other students. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's mm-hmm. not, that's not going to happen. And he said, uh, we want to know who the other students were, especially the student that made this. If you lure it up, you can be like, I'll give you initials only. <laughs> so he said, we can probably get it to suspension instead of expulsion. So you get a two-week suspension. I said, so I can come back for two weeks of school at the end. And he said, but it's, it, you're going to have a permanent expulsion on your record. I said, well, I guess I am. It's just me. And then he called my parents. Uh. And my parents... Uh, we're not raising a hooligan. Right. They were very upset. Mm. My dad came in uh, really ready to kill me. He was, I want to make some people my age, when they talk about their father ready to kill them, they do mean physical violence. Yeah. My dad never, he was a jail guard and yet never laid a hand on anybody. Yeah. You know, he was a very, very good man. And my dad came in and said, what did he do? And they uh, described it. And he said he wanted to prove to the other kids that it wouldn't go off. The principal said yes. And he said, I'm trying to get him to tell me. We can let him off much easier if he's told me the other kids involved. And my father said, did he tell you any of the other kids' names? And the principal said, no, I'm hoping for your help with that. He said, well, if he'd told you any of those other names— he'd really be in trouble. (laughs) He said, because those other kids did nothing wrong. It's entirely Ben. And he said, we can get another name out of him. I can cut it down to suspension. And my dad said, well, he's getting expelled. Because he said, not only is he not giving you the names, I won't let him. Wow. (laughs) And my dad said, "Uh, you're not going to enjoy these four weeks that you're expelled. <laughs> You're not going to be able to go out of your room, yeah, to do anything, and you aren't going to talk to any of your friends. But I'm glad you did the right thing after you set off the firecracker. <laughs> so then, this whole thing happens, okay? Yeah, in the um, Bryce Principal's office, and it's time for me to walk to get my s- some stuff I left the locker or something. Was, I think it was a drum drum thing or something. Yeah. Had to walk there and then walk up. The school has now ended. People are hanging around. I walk over and the principal's behind me and my dad's over there. And uh, as I'm walking out, one of the tough kids, not the kid that made the thing, comes to me and goes, if you say a word about us, we're going to kick you. I said, get away from me. Get away from me. Don't threaten me in front of the vice principal. He'll know who you are. He goes, well, you better shut up. Get away. Get away. They were all coming up to me <laughs> as I was walking Idiot. with the vice principal going, don't rat us out. Don't rat us out. And the vice principal says, is that them? I said, no, no. What do they mean? I don't know what they meant. We had a, we were playing a game and they were remembering it. And 
So that was my junior year of high school. Oh. That's how much I know about explosives. Um, but I never did an Estes rocket. No. Didn't you ever build gunpowder and blow stuff up? No, no, no. We, kids, we, kids, different kids in the neighborhood would get their hands on fireworks or whatever. And I remember one kid, I think it was an M80, but it had, it had like a little rocket stand on it. Mm-hmm. And they thought, real smart, I bet if we light it and we time it with a skateboard, we can flip it up even higher and it'll fly oh, yeah. even cooler. Yeah. And all of a sudden we get it and the, the smoke, you know, goes up and fires and the, the smoke turns to a bigger, billowing, different color. Yeah. And the kid just go ahead and just slams the skateboard and all it does is flip right towards his ankles. It just goes right <laughs> back towards his ankles and he leaps like he's in like Saving Private Ryan. He just jumps <laughs> away and, uh, and we just watch this beautiful rocket just explode in the grass. <laughs> now, uh, Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Anything to say about Tom Sizemore? Uh, he was good in Saving Private Ryan. I, boy, I did not like Saving Brian's Privates. You know that yeah. was the that was the porn knockoff. Did you know that? <laughs> I mean, I've never. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm even movies I really love. It's, I really have a hard time going back and rewatching it. So my memory of it is only seeing it in the theaters whenever it came out. And did you see Saving Brian's Privates? No, I'm sure that one probably ages better. The greatest, greatest porn mm-hmm. knockoff I ever saw. Yeah, you know we have uh, Indiana Jane. And, and the Temple of Gangbang. Yeah. You have all of those, and you have, you know, all the Jedi cocksucking and all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they used to have actual boxes. You'd buy porn. It wasn't just on every device you have. Right. You know, as a matter of fact, we didn't think in the 80s that every person, every single person would be carrying porn around with them all the time. Right. But that's, before that, you had to have like a box. Yeah, yeah, You had yeah. to see an actual movie. And I loved the titles. And I was in, uh, I was on 42nd Street and I walked by a window and I said, I can't fucking believe that. There was a VHS tape, a VHS triple X porn tape called My Breakfast with Andrea. (laughs) It was a knockoff of My Dinner with Andre. (laughs) My Breakfast with Andrea. And I went, holy shit, I got to buy this. So I bought it and I watched it. <laughs> I put it in the box and I called up Wally Sean. Yeah. I knew Wally Sean. And I said, Hey, Wally, you're going to want to give this. And I gave it to Wally Sean. So I hope somewhere <laughs> in Wally Sean's library, there's my breakfast with Andre. And I hope somewhere in Spielberg's library, yeah. <laughs> they're saving Ryan's privates. Yeah. There has to be, right? Has to. Be. There has to be. And uh, I also loved. Um, uh, yeah, I was once in Orso, you know, the fancy restaurant mm-hmm. when I was on Broadway mm-hmm. and, um, uh, Wally Sean came in and we were chatting and then Andre Gregory came in and they sat down and had dinner. Oh, I went, this is impossible. This is impossible. <laughs> I disagree about saving Ryan's privates. Mm-hmm. The Cosby show knockoff is the best one. Oh, really? What's it called? It doesn't matter. It's just surprisingly accurate. And they didn't know that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Not Bill Cosby putting my dick where it don't belong. <laughs> putting my dick where it don't belong. You have one hands down. Oh, that's great. You know, I saw uh, for Emily's birthday, my mm-hmm. wife's birthday. Yeah. I finally found the secret to please my wife on her birthday. Do nothing. Really? I said, I'll take you out to dinner. We'll do whatever you want. Maybe I was thinking about going to Crossroads or what's that great 
Mott 31, great Chinese place. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll go there. She said, oh, yeah, that would be wonderful. And then she said, um, no, no, I, I think I have a different restaurant I can go to. I said, fine. She said, I also like to go to a movie. I said, fine. She said, you, you know, be ready for. Fine. I didn't know the movie we were going to or the <laughs> restaurant or where. I get in the car and she drove and we went to see Emily. I didn't even know what movie we were seeing. I didn't see the posters going in. Yeah. The movie was her name. Yeah. It's about the Bronte sisters. Oh, okay. Was it good? Well, I just covered all that material. <laughs> hey, Matt, bunch of us are going to go out to see a period drama about the Bronte sisters. Uh, uh, I'm already there. <laughs> I'll get the popcorn. It was fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have this thing where, I think I've said this before, movies are too much work. Yeah. Have I talked to you about that? No. When I'm watching a movie, and it's, I guess it's because I'm producing a movie now in Vancouver. Yeah. So I'm very aware of this. But when, when I'm watching a movie and they do a scene that's like a whole scene that's on a street, and people are walking by and stuff, I go, this is an okay movie, but it wasn't worth that. Oh, yeah. That's, that's always for sure. It wasn't worth, they locked up the street. There's walkie-talkies all over. They they bought the cars that have the right period look. They, there's walkie-talkies in the car. They hired people to drive them. Yeah. It's so stupid. Like uh, Babylon. You see Babylon mm -hmm. is out. I didn't see it, but I know about it. Right. At first it came out and it flopped. And then this kind of resurgence of like, it's, it's actually good. And now it's nominated for some awards or whatever. And so I was curious about that. And then people I know who saw it didn't like it at all. And I watch it. It's a three hour long movie. And I watch 45 minutes and go, this movie's great. And then five minutes later, I turned it off. No problem. Went to bed. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what that says about the movie, but I, no problem. Like, I was like, this movie is fine. And the first third of it, wonderful. And you never watched it. And I haven't watched <laughs> But you know what I mean? I'll see a scene and uh, the camera will track and the gal will be talking and the, I'll just go, why did they bother? Yeah. Why couldn't they tell someone about it? I want to see this like <laughs> they're doing a movie set in the 20s. Yeah. And then you're all ready for them to go outside and you cut to me just going. And it's like the big streets in the 20s. You know what those look like, right? And they walk <laughs> down there and they go into a pharmacy. Now we're there. Because I mean, it's really like four second scenes. Yeah, yeah. That take forever. Yeah. When you're on a movie set, or, or not on a movie set, if you're an actor on a movie set, this stuff's invisible to you. Yes. But if you're producing. Right. And they go, Tuesday. From uh, 5 a.m. until probably about 3 p.m., we're going to be at the bridge, and we're getting a shot of the two vans going across the bridge, and uh, we're going to try to get a background that shows the city. A whole day? No, no. At that 3 o'clock, they'll pick up some comedy, which is all people will ever remember from the movie. <laughs> uh, makes it is. First time I was around, like, uh, when I was a kid, Kevin Smith had just made Clerks. Yeah. He then produced, I think, like four Friends movies from that initial deal. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, other people were inspired simply by proximity. That if this, if this guy can do it, I can do it. So I was around for all these independent films in New Jersey in the late 90s. And the first time I was on a movie set, I could not believe how slow no. it moved. They accomplished nothing. And I was like, oh my God, they met the, the, the days you put in or whatever. And then I was on a soap opera set. I got hired to be an orderly in a soap opera. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, 
all entertainment should move at this pace. Yes. Like, yes. it was so fun how fast, how many scenes they shot and how fast they moved. And I was like, you want show business to move at this pace. I did a soap opera, and I believe there was something, uh, it was one of the ones that had a really existential, profound name, like yeah. One Life to Live, or the one of those. Yeah, yeah, One of the original ones. I was brought on specifically, very specifically, because uh, the lead character was very well known for her hair. Yeah. She was famous for her hair in the show and outside of the show. Yeah. Right? Hair was everything. And she was getting her hair cut on the show. It was a big deal. And there was a meta thing where the actual hairdresser was going to do it, uh, was going to be there. Yeah. The cut was actually going to be there. But they needed to hire an actor to be the um, to be the hair cutter. Yeah. And uh, word came down, wherever this would have been, uh, 90s, I suppose, early 90s, maybe even late 80s, word came down that the character was written extremely flamboyantly, but could not be perceived as gay, because that would be burlesquing it. Okay. So they called on my agent and said, Penn seems like a guy who could be very flamboyant, but no one would think he was gay or making fun of gays. And they said, sure, he can do that. And I had to hold the scissors in her hair with like 50 people in the set screaming, don't actually cut. Uh, <laughs> very nervous. But uh, so they said, we just need you to be the most eccentric character we've ever had on here, yeah. but not gay at all. I said, oh, okay. So um, I got there. To be very eccentric and not gay and not be able to close scissors, that's hard. <laughs> so I got there. And one of these old timers comes over to me. Oh, by old timer, I mean younger than I am now. Right. Uh, by a lot. And he says to me, <clears throat> Penn, I know you're used to Letterman and Saturday Night Live and your own show, but this is a soap opera and you don't ad lib. You do not make up lines. We hit our marks and say everything word for word. That's the way the soap opera is done. And I said, well, you're, you're saying that like I'm going to argue with you. I have memorized my lines, I have them cold, and I'm prepared to hit every mark. You don't need to argue with me about this. And at that point, the director comes out and says, Penn, we've got lines for you. I hope you didn't bother memorizing them. We want you to just do whatever you want. <laughs> and I believe that the director hated the actor and was overhearing the conversation on our mics. It didn't feel that way, yeah. but it just seems too much of a coincidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I decided... Uh, uh, I had never seen this. I wonder if it came out okay. Maybe in the files. I decided to do it exactly like Groucho Marx. So <laughs> I want to be Groucho Marx. So they'd line up a shot, and I'd have my one line. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, where'd you learn to, uh, to cut hair? Yeah. And I was like, you know, I studied with so-and-so in France, right? Mm -hmm. So they're lining up the shots, and I'm not in it. I'm sitting in a chair. And they said, no, we need to move you on. You're doing this lines together. I said, I don't want to be in the scene when we start. <laughs> and so I said, you just deliver the line to where I should be, but I'll be over here. So she says, so where did you learn to cut hair? And I was in a rolling chair right off screen. And I pushed my feet against the wall and went, <laughs> and as I went by in the chair, I went, uh, the Academy in Paris. 
which was just as crazy as you could go. And then I did what I've always wanted to do in a movie and no one ever let me do. When she was talking to me, I did that Groucho Marx thing. <laughs> Where you put your you put your hands under your both chin, hands under the chin, both hands under the chin, and then don't look at him. <laughs> so she's doing a whole scene with a guy posed who's not looking at her, and then she does her line. And I go, no, off there, and so the actor's going, where's where's Penn's eyeline, and the director's going, I don't think he wants to be looking at you. <laughs> And I just kept waiting for them to slap me down. Yeah. And they didn't. They had to do everything. Yeah. They don't have time. Soaps, they're moving on. Yeah. So I don't know how it came out. No. Probably not well. But No. So I watch movies and wonder, why are they working so hard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it be easier? Oh, man. I don't know where we started with this. We started somewhere. Oh, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. But I remember, uh, yeah, my wife was on a soap. And you can see her face wince because she opened the door with too much force and she knows it's going to slam into the wall of the set. Mm-hmm. So she opens the door to wheel in a patient. She's playing a nurse. And you see her face go like, oh God. And hits the wall. And she even like winces and like basically just waiting for someone to call a cut to make them yeah. redo the scene. I watched that on air. I watched that. <laughs> I watched that air on television. <laughs> they finished the scene. Moving on. And she's like, yeah. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> the door just winds. But no one cares. No, no one wrote letters to be like, that door hit the thing. Yeah. Just moving on. I think they yeah. do it right. They do it right. Movies are so yes. Oh, so we're talking about, so we're talking about Emily. Oh, yes. So that comes up and I'm watching this movie and it is deep performance art. I mean, because they are working so hard, it yeah. crosses over to another line. Yeah. I mean, these huge... Uh, panoramic shots and the clothes they're wearing. And, you know, they all wear these, these bonnets that stop them from chewing the stitches out of their ass. All the women, (laughs) I guess all the women have stitches in their ass and they wear those bonnets to stop them. Right. Yeah. And they're all doing that. And then they have a sex scene, a sex scene. Right. And there's, you know, there's this hunky, minister and Mm -hmm. they're in like a beautiful perfectly lit cabin yeah and then he takes your clothes off they're i'm sure perfectly accurate in every way on the clothes so you think well this is going to be a sensuous striptease i gotta tell you we were at the red rock theater yeah the red rock theater yeah and you know at the red rock theater uh the the restrooms you're in theater nine Mm -hmm. which is the last one down the hall you know, the restrooms are around theater 14. Yeah. It's a good walk of like five theater lengths. Yeah. To go in and pee and come out and come back, right? Emily, not knowing it was going to be a sex scene, right? She didn't know what the next scene was going to be. The end of the last scene, she got up to go and pee. Mm-hmm. The sex scene starts, okay? They begin peeling this woman's clothes off. <laughs> Emily had time to walk all the way down the hall pee, needless to say, check her phone. Yeah. Needless to say, answer three texts Yeah, while walking. Yeah. Walk all the way back, sit down, and get there in time for the tit to pop up. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was a remarkable thing. Oh, man. And I was just thinking- Being a promiscuous minister, hard work. Hard work. And I was really thinking, I mean, I mean, this this may change, but I'm now 68 years old. It's been my yeah. birthday since last 
was last week. Yeah. Um, I'm now 68 years old. And I think if that woman who was very attractive, crazily attractive, I mean, just perfect body, I don't know who she was, but perfect body, perfect face, gorgeous. I think if she said to me, let's have sex, Pen, right now. Yeah. And uh, said, take my clothes off. Yeah. Halfway through, I'd be going, right now is past, baby. (laughs) I'm gone. It's just not, it's like, you know that feeling you get with an artichoke? <laughs> it's just never it's never going to be worth it. Yeah. One of the most profound things. Yeah. I mean this was life changing for me. I watched Julia Childs once. Mm-hmm. Once. And it was Julia Childs talking about artichokes. Uh-huh. And she said I prepared artichokes. I want to get the artichoke meat. Is that the word you'd use? I think so. Yeah. Want to get all the goodness of the artichoke. Yeah, yeah. And she said, she cut off the bottom, da, da, da. And then there's all the leaves, the artichoke part. Yes. And she says, we're going to throw this away. And then she says, I guess I won't do my Julia Childs. She then says, and this changed my life. She then said, you might be upset about me throwing the leaves away because you know you eat those, yeah. scrape them on your teeth, and you get all the all the food out of that. You know, it's be thinking if I've got these 12 artichokes that I want to put into the artichoke dip or whatever it was, that I have to scrape every leaf. Well, she said, we had one of our interns scrape every leaf of the artichoke. And this is how much we got. And she showed like a teaspoon. Oh my God. She said, so throw it away. Just throw it away. And she said, take your artichoke hearts, cut those up. That'll be plenty. You're not wasting food throwing away artichoke leaves. And I was like, wow. Because when I get an artichoke, I'm really thinking, there should be more in here. Yes. I just got a bad artichoke. No. No. Julie Child. So I'm just saying, this woman in Emily who was gorgeous, at a certain point, I would say, we're throwing her away. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We, there's going to be, there's no breasts that we want to wait for. <laughs> and then what always gets me laughing, and this is because I'm a bad person. Yeah. That's the reason. Sure. Really. The sex scene in this is as far from gratuitous as it could possibly be. Mm. It's the turning point of the whole movie and is really important. And it is acted beautifully. Yeah. And it is short and just the right amount. It's lit beautifully. It's gorgeous. There's nothing salacious or puerile about it. It's just the human body as beautiful as it could be and all justified in her in her puritanical way and the way she's breaking out of it and the way the minister is having all these conflicts. And it's all there. And it's a three hour movie, you know. And it's this one little scene where she where she opens up and she's becoming she's becoming more of the Emily Bronte she's going to be yeah. to write Withering Heights. You know, it's all going on like that. And all I can think of is that clip gets pulled. <laughs> <laughs> they throw away the artichoke, completely throw away the artichoke. They've got the artichoke meat. <laughs> and they show you really on one of those celebrity skin sites. Yes. It will be seven seconds <laughs> of Emily the movie. And I was really, really, really sad about that. Cause I said, you know, she probably thought about it and talked about it. So I went and looked it up. Yeah. Because I because I was so sad. I went and looked it up. 
That's the reason. Have I tried to get away with that? You sad artist. Looking out for other artists. Yeah. Look at you doing the doing doing the proud work here. I'm trying. And I found it. And there she is. Left breast bike done. 12 seconds. But then I was very happy to see she'd done a lot of nudity in like other things. Slutty low budget movies. Yeah. So it didn't mean anything to her. When I was sitting there, I was I was worried that this was a woman that went through a lot of soul searching yes. for just the proper amount of nudity, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was going to really mean something. And of course, I was going to argue and I was going to say, if you have not been naked on stage, you're not in show business. Right. And I've been naked on stage. No big deal. Blah, yep. blah, 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 blah. I was going to make that argument, but I didn't have to because she already knew that. Yeah. Yeah. So in this one, uh, I'm going to do the usual nudity I did in the other movies. Right. But it's going to, they're going to, they're going to take like an artichoke and they'll take off each leave of the artichoke, <laughs> one by one. And by the time we get to your breast, yeah. Julia Child will have made a, 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 you know, a reduction. <laughs> I don't, I didn't know what word to put in there. That's all. I don't know. <laughs> that was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday School. Cha, cha, cha. And to You become naked. After an artichoke. We're going to do a bank show after this. Yeah. We need a lot of bank shows, you know, because I'm going to uh, UK, I'm going to Spain, I'm doing another season of Fool. No, we love you. Hey, Matt, you want me to thank? Yep. I want to thank people who support us over at patreon.com slash pen. Find people like Michael Torbay, Ilan Lee, Jacob McCulley, Nicole Martin, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Nick Hemsing, Music Man, No Thank You Daddy, Rachel Hawkins, Jake Schneider, Pete Penn Says We're the Same Guy, Hoke, Kelly McCauley, Corey Mitchell, Robin Garnett. How many minds could a mind noodler mind if a mind noodler could noodle minds? Love Tom and JL, Obi Dimitrian Jr., Jeremy R22, Winter Weirkowski, Kristen Klinick, Michael Cohen, Dr. Scooplittle, Joe Mastrangelo, Jeremiah Jenkins, Hey Penn, Chris Angel has a question, <laughs> Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, Stephen Volcano, Jim the Now 24 Yearly Performances, Naked Magician, he's in show business, Scooped Mids, and Paul McBride. Yay, thank you all.